everybody, welcome into the Brokage's podcast. I'm doing the intro this time so that George can't mute me and uh, stop the flow from going. Uh, so I'm Luke, as you know, your chief Brokage, favorite podcast host. Whoa. And uh, we've also got someone else here today. Why don't you introduce yourself? Go ahead. Uh, well, I'm George, who actually listened to the most recent podcast, mm. which Luke keeps forgetting exists, which is, you know, Luke still thinks the autopsy one was the last one, which is why he's saying these hurtful, hurtful things. But Luke, you did the intro last week as well. You just forgot about it because I guess the, the audience, the goat cockies don't mean as much to you as they do to me. Well, so, you know, you you're know. hearing Mama Bear George here. Uh, you know, I'm here to soothe you with both my voice and my love. Uh, so hi, audience, and you know, big scary daddy bear Luke. Uh, you can take it over and kind of explain what this episode is. Why would again. you? <laughs> why would you call yourself the mama bear and be the daddy bear? This is just because <laughs> because mama bears are both full of love, but also if you if you attack their cub, they're they're the mean killer. So you know, I'm kind of like mama bears are much more relevant in bear society. I think daddy bears I'm, are, I feel like, often absent fathers. I'm not sure um, I've ever seen a papa bear or heard of one. Well, I mean, you know, they he had the suit, he had the porridge that was way too hot. I think so. <laughs> True. Um, but does that mean my <laughs> porridge is too cold? These are the questions we'll answer in the podcast. <laughs> Some pressing, pressing questions. Anyway, if I may give myself an excuse for, you know, not catching up and only listening to the Odd Taxi episode, it's because the most recent episode was recorded weeks before it was released. Not weeks. (laughs) Not weeks. All right, fine. Week before it was released. (laughs) That's probably fair. (laughs) So, you know, cut me some slack, uh, citizens of Brnoha. But anyway, today we are here to talk to you about Jujutsu Kaisen with the new blockbuster anime movie JJK Zero coming out. Uh, I believe this week, right? It's on Friday. Days, not... April, or not April, March eighteenth. Yeah. Um, so we're and by the time by the time this comes out, who knows? Maybe last month, right? So absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. And hopefully we don't require any editing because that's the uh, that's the holdup. Uh, yeah, that's. As long as your Wi-Fi holds out, Luke, we'll be fine. But if any interruption in our, then I'll, it'll take me a while. That's true. That's true. Um, fingers crossed on the Wi-Fi. <laughs> my neighbor who I was letting use my Wi-Fi is now moving out, so it should be better oh, going forward. See, um, you're too giving, which uh, ruins my narrative from the earlier part of the episode. But now we're, te- we're all team Bro Brokage's anime podcast. So why don't you, Luke, kind of explain the world of JJK, though? Because we know we're focused on this podcast. You keep kind of derailing us with these <laughs> nonsensical rants about who knows what. And the, you know, the audience is just you know, skipping ahead, skipping ahead looking for the JJK info. So why don't you finally give it to them? All right. So we're going to kind of structure this podcast with the first half. Anybody can listen to, even if you haven't watched the show. And then the second half, you know, we'll have our spoilers in. Um, So I'll just talk about kind of the world uh, that JJK is set in. Um, And it's world kind of like our own. And I think like of anime worlds, it's like pretty similar to Bleach um, in the sense that there's like a, group of regular people we'll call them normies or georges for short um maybe even fair yeah (laughs) so these georges or normies um don't have any superpowers don't really have any uh difference in their world from like the world that you know you and i live in they have the same technology as us um they live like very average lives working in corporate corporate japan excuse me not corporate america (laughs) how dare you wow so american-centric yeah 
Well, I hear corporate Japan is worse than corporate America. Yeah, so um, out there <laughs> with the large exception of um, this one special group of people called Jujutsu Sorcerers um, who are born with an innate ability or in very rare cases, uh, like in our main character's case, acquire it. Um, an ability to see uh, curses and uh, use cursed energy to exercise those curses um, and basically like use it as like a superpower and they can do superhuman things yeah. um, with it. Uh, so as I mentioned, the main foil for our Jujutsu Sorcerers are uh, curses, which are kind of like a natural phenomenon that occurs in this world. Um, and they are made up of cursed energy, the same substance that the Jujutsu Sorcerers use to fight them. Um, and they basically just like, most of them, the weaker ones especially, are kind of mindless, uh, natural phenomena that come uh, from negative human emotions and like cause havoc. They can affect the real world without being seen by most people. So they usually are killing people. That's like usually what they do. Well, they're, um, you say they're natural phenomena, but like, let's be clear, they're ugly, atrocious, horrifying monsters that yes. are like eating people. It's not like, you know, the, a hurricane natural phenomenon, right? These are like disgusting monster creatures who yes. are like, doing horrible, <laughs> horrible things to these people. Um, and the way they're like animated and drawn and everything is like, it's really unnerving and disgusting and it's really well done. Like they feel, you know, my eyes are cursed to look at them. It's kind of like, so like we'll call them the Lukes. Uh, since we're associated. Oh man, I was gonna make that joke. Games. I was just but, uh, waiting for you to stop talking so I can make the same joke. <laughs> and George, George takes this round. But, um, so yeah, these are but these are monsters, and so this is kind of a monster fighting show in some ways. Yeah, and that's primarily what it is. To be honest, is a monster fighting show. I mean, there's other stuff that's going on that we'll get into, but that's like probably the strongest part of the show. Um, and as George said, they are pretty grotesque. Um, yeah. Uh, there are a few curses that are um, special. They're called special grade curses. Um, and these curses are much more powerful. They usually come from things that, you know, humans have feared or been anxious about uh, or hated for a long, long time. So like things like a volcano, uh, the planet Earth and like it's, it's storms and things that, you know, uh, have made humans afraid for, you know, generations, the oceans, other humans, things like that. Um, and these special curses uh, can are like sentient and uh, they become like kind of the main foil um, for our Jujutsu sorcerers as well uh, because they're able to kind of communicate and team up and, and cause problems and they're very, very strong as well. Yeah. Um, so George, do you have anything to kind of add to that? Yeah, I always think it's kind of interesting where... In all of these shows, Bleach, JJK, etc., you have these like horrible monsters. You know the, the characters fight for a while, and then as they get stronger and more sentient, they always converge on kind of humans, <laughs> and they look very much and act very much like humans, which I always think is interesting. And often, you what you also tend to see in these shows as this evolution happens, the kind of focus of fighting goes not just to these monsters, but in some way how you know the humans are getting involved, not just on their side, but oftentimes you know these like let's call them luke type people you know these <laughs> moderate sympathizers uh will tend to start like fighting on the you know curse monster side this happens in bleach uh there's elements of this in jjk and this is all kind of it's not uncommon it's kind of an interesting dynamic that takes place in all of anime and so right yeah well i mean you know we're the real monsters george mm -hmm. that's the end of the story maybe you are <laughs> but 
I'm the good guys, as I always said. The world is black and white, and I am on the right side of history. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, we'll let you stick with that narrative in your own head. Um, but to get back on topic, uh, you know, I think we gave a pretty good idea of the world that the show is set in. Uh, George, do you mind introducing uh, our first, like our main character uh, that we follow throughout the show? Yeah, so our main character is like this very exceptionally gifted boy named it- it- Itadori it- Yuji. All right, Itadori Yuji. That's what I said. You heard me. Um, <laughs> and so he actually does not start with the ability to see curses, but what he was born with was just exceptional physical ability. So... Like, that episode one starts off with his gym teacher wants him to be on the track and field team, and so as a result, um, challenges him to a shot put contest, because of course he does. And, like, mm-hmm. Yuji just palms it like a baseball and throws it for, like, the world record. Like, yeah, like, well over record. the world record. <laughs> and so, you know, that's who he is. And then he basically enters the uh, sorcery world through consuming one of Sakuna's fingers uh in some events i don't and who, who and so i mean that's a bit of a spoiler but like it happens episode in the first one. episode so but also just to kind of give some context sakuna is like the main baddie of this world like he is this legendary curse and curse user um and his fingers are like the most powerful cursed objects that there are so he's like the biggest daddy that there is yeah and so the whole show the concept of the show is basically that yuji enters this world because once he consumes the finger he can see curses and the rest of the jjk sorcery world kind of wants him dead uh because he's gained this power and this evil is now kind of residing within him um but instead of being killed um these aren't spoilers by the way this is episode one this is explained this is setting up for the rest of the show it's like and um but, uh, and so the show basically deals with how Yuji is going to try to survive in this world while many of the people around him distrust him and, you know, want him, frankly, dead. Uh, but the reason why he's not is kind of our main Kakashi character, our sensei, our teacher of the show, the very cool, uh, probably strongest character we've ever seen in an anime outside of, like, I don't know, maybe Goku and Dragon Ball Z is uh, Gojo Satoru, um, who... Uh, it's basically imagine if Kakashi's mask covered the other part of his face. There, <laughs> then you're there. That's exactly yeah. you're, you're there. Like, um, so he's. You, I believe you want to kind of explain him a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So he's like I don't know, like six foot six, yeah. and like this, just like goofy, like kind of seems like laissez faire type guy, um, who pretty immediately is is pointed out to be like just ridiculously overpowered. Like there's like a power scaling that they kind of lay out in the show um, with like levels of sorcerers, like four through one um, and levels of, of curses, four through one and then special grade. Yeah. Um, and Gojo is just so much like ludicrously stronger than any other character in the show that it's like, is Gojo a god? You know, like he's like never even remotely challenged at least so far that we've seen. Um, and as George said, he's like kind of our uh, Kakashi character um, and plays the role of uh, our main character's mentor as well. Yeah. And so to give you even more context for how strong he is, like early on, I think in episode one or two, 
he basically tells Yuji to let Sakuna out for a second so and so he can like tangle with him and just see see kind of how powerful he is and Gojo's like oh don't worry like I can handle him pretty easily and and then does and then it's like all right so this guy is like not a problem for the good guys but a huge problem for the bad guys um that they have to figure out how to deal with um and sim- because we have our beautiful um Team Seven, we'll introduce kind of the rest of our, you know, we'll introduce our Sasuke and Sakura types. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah, I just wanted to quickly say first, um, when Gojo does fight Sakuna in that, I think it's like probably the first or second episode, um, he is only fighting one of Sak- Sakuna's 20 fingers. So it's 120th of Sakuna's full power. So there is like a lot of power scaling left to go. And you uh, might be that- thinking 10 of those fingers must be toes, right? No, Sakuna had four arms. Yep. Explain that on the show. Yep. 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 Uh, so anyway, uh, as we go through Team Seven here, uh, I mean, George, not, not Team Seven, not Team Seven. The first years of JJ High, uh, Tokyo, I believe. There's a they're the Tokyo branch. There's a Kyoto one. Yeah. So. There's yeah, exactly. Kyoto and Tokyo. Uh, so our, our third character, I think, should be our Sasuke. What do you okay. think? So we can do Megumi. Uh, so Megumi is our Sasuke type. He wears Megumi. Blue. He has Megumi. That's what I said. Megumi. Oh, whatever. Um, but um, he's, you know, he wears blue. He has dark hair. He's an edgelord. Um, he has some pretty cool powers, though. He, like, summons these, like, really cool spirits, and that's kind of his method of fighting. But he's, like, instead of, like, being real, I mean, he's angsty, but in more of, like, a quiet, like, you know, leave me alone kind of way, and not like a I hate my brother and I want to murder everyone and life is pain type of way. Right, yeah. He's, like, good Sasuke. He's, like, Sasuke if he was a bearable character. You know exactly exactly i mean listen six-year-old george thought sasuke was the coolest thing since sliced bread but um now that i'm seven or something it's no <laughs> now that i'm uh this many uh <laughs> uh but i don't know if there's that much more to say about him i mean he he goes through a lot of character growth but like that's his character is like being kind of a quiet angsty yeah yeah or- he's like a quiet angsty team teen who's like I don't know seems like kind of depressed and like definitely very introverted um and has his own reasons for doing what he does that they kind of get into the show and he's a prodigy and so it's kind of setting up for like a big part of the show is focusing on his personal growth as well as the development of his kind of curse techniques exactly um and next we got uh sorry sorry i keep wanting to say cool sakura cool sakura that's what you meant uh nobura kigasaki um, who I'm going to steal the reins from George just because, you know, I'm better at this. Uh, yeah, that's what the people keep saying. If the people yeah. are you and no one else. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, so she's like our female lead. Um, but, you know, Sakura, it, her corollary from the Naruto verse has been accused occasionally of being useless. Um, whereas uh, Kigasaki Nobura has been everything but useless uh, in the show. She's like, Pretty uh, strong-willed, I would say. Um, That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, definitely isn't fa- fawning over our Sasuke, thank God. Uh, is not fawning over Megumi. Uh, and has some pretty cool curse techniques as well. Yep. Um, but I would say that she's kind of like the third character of our three uh, JJK Tokyo first year class. Yeah, um, although there are some fights at the end where she shows out and is very very cool um, definitely so she gets her time in the sun for sure and she's clearly a force to be reckoned with in a good time so um 
No question. I just think that they focus fewer plot points on her than they do on Itadori, Yuji, or uh, Megumi. Yeah, that's, that's all. Um, she then we'll see what I'm sure she'll get more time in the sun in season two when that comes out in 2027. But um, <laughs> poor Mappa, they're trying their best out here. Yeah. Uh, so Mappa, so why don't we start talking about why the show is special? Specifically, why don't we start with the animation? Right, it's not Demon Slayer level, but it's very very close. It's really good. I agree, and actually, so I think in our awards podcast we talked about this. And I hadn't watched Jujutsu Kaisen since the first time I watched it. And uh, I think I said that JJK's animation was better than Demon Slayer. I was wrong. It's very, very good. I think it's like second to Demon Slayer, but I think Demon Slayer is on top of it. But I think that the high quality animation is like a big part of what makes the show so great. Um, Like it definitely adds to the show, whereas some shows the animation, the best thing you can say about it is that it doesn't take away from the show if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And then kind of going hand in hand with that. And then also like what we talked about in the anime awards podcast, um, the fight scenes that they are able to choreograph are just top notch. Yeah. Um, so George, do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So I think, I mean, we're going to be rehashing some stuff here, obviously from our fight scene discussion of the anime awards, but JGK is probably the best show to do fight choreography since naruto um for like hand-to-hand combat especially is just like it has this kinetic energy that's like very exciting and is really engaging for the audience and you know gets your adrenaline up and pumping and it's you know it ebbs and flows in a way that you'd kind of imagine a real fight scene would go and so there's a fight between uh, Yuji and another character against one of these special grade demons and what you get is like you get like these team up fights where in, oftentimes in anime like you get these like group fights that kind of turn into like just one on one matches where they're right. all siloed individual fights but like you know the way that like these two are like weaving and fighting and like teaming up and like it's it's just the way it flows is beautiful and looks very natural and it's just awesome to watch yeah um, yeah, I, yeah. The- the choreography of the fights is really top notch and you know like what they call in naruto like taijutsu like hand-to-hand fighting yeah. i think that jjk does it just as well as naruto if not better um and those are the top dogs of that like style of fighting yeah. i would say in terms of the animation world and then but they're also like riddled with just in every every fight there seems to be a huge power scaling up again and it's kind of crazy because i'm not really sure how much stronger certain characters can get um like i guess if gojo's the like you know the the upper limit then maybe they still have a far way to go but um you know they're it's not demon slayer the slow crawl up from the bottom right Mm -hmm. it is a you know especially yuji who is this like prodigy physically and then as he gets cursed he figures out the curse stuff he's just really good at fighting for some reason um but oh man the 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 abilities they gain are just both really cool but like really powerful and i have no idea like if there's a season four i don't really know who's going to be able to fight him yeah yeah well and that's like actually one of my i feel like we're about to get into a little bit of the weeds here but that's one of my gripes with the show is that by the end of season one all of our main first years are what they call grade one sorcerers which is like the top rank of sorcerers basically um so it just moves very very quickly in terms of of the power scaling well i think they're special grades too so they're like just below special yeah okay so they're they're just below special grade um which is probably where gojo stands and they're all still toto's also special grade oh okay well so they're all like 
like very, very strong. Um, And I think that like kind of my big gripe is that like, you know, they're already taking on special grade curses, which there's a lot of variability in how strong a special grade curse is. Um, But that special grade category is like our strongest category. Um, So my worry is that their foils, their antagonists aren't going to be able to really keep up um, to be able to extend the show as long as I'd like to watch it um, in terms of like their power scaling. Um, Unless they just like continue to get much, much stronger as well, which I guess would like a little bit kind of break the rules of the show that they've laid out. But like, you know, Gojo is just, if Gojo is the limit, like you said, um, which and also in the show, Gojo suggests that like several of the students can reach his level. Um, You know, he's so much stronger than any of the curses that they've shown in the show to this point that like it will almost wouldn't be fun to, you know, if everybody was that strong that quickly and fighting, you know, people that are just so much weaker than them. So, yeah, and it's it's amazing. It's not just us saying he's stronger. Like the curses acknowledge every time they're like, all right, how do we accomplish this plan? And avoid Gojo. Yeah. <laughs> and like half of their plans involve how they like the the just extraordinary lengths they have to go just to keep Gojo out of the fight. Because if they end up one on one and that's the thing with like special grades in general, is like one on like Gojo's side. Like it's it's boundless, right? So like it, the 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 bar like seems very high or the show makes it seem like it's very high because like i don't remember who the other mentor character's name is but the the nine to five guy yeah he's like a grade two or something but um but like and then the r characters hit it very but quickly but like it's boundless right so like even though it seems like we're gonna exclusively operate in the special grade world from like you know midway through season one on just like not deal with like not deal with and then it would have been kind of fun to see a little more dealing with um yeah your tier you know two and three and like just kind of like because part of the interesting parts of jjk too are like the very human elements of like what happens when kind of curses invade these like normal people's lives and stuff like that but um it seems like it's gonna move a little bit away from that right yeah well and that's the other thing is that you know it's moving very very quickly um it's moving at like a breakneck speed um whereas it's corollary naruto really does the opposite you know it moves very slowly it's like over like 800 episodes or something like that. Um, whereas JJK season one covered a ton of ground in just 24 episodes. And while I like how tight it is, I think that they could have really almost doubled the length of that season um, and taken a lot more time with the development of the characters and the development of the power scaling. Um, yeah. And I think that I would have enjoyed that, you know, it wouldn't have been taken away from the show. Whereas I feel like usually on this show, we're talking about how shows could be tighter, you know, but I think this one could have really um been expanded and it wouldn't have really lost much Although um, the stuff that we've been reviewing recently has all been pretty tight yeah that's um, true that's we the- jjk demon slayer or any maybe attack on titan could be a little tighter right now but yeah yeah but that's i mean we've also been choosing the shows that we review so it's a little bit of uh, selection bias there for those tracking at home uh <laughs> but anyway going on with what makes the show, show so special after that like kind of like the aside um one thing that we talked about earlier, again, we're rehashing from the uh, awards podcast, but it's just dripping in swag. Oh. I mean, like the outfits that they have, like the the movements that they do and like the way that they fight is like, I was watching the show, like looking at like what they were wearing and be like, I kind of want to wear that, you know, which like I haven't had an anime do that for like a long time. <laughs> you know? Like the like the shoes, they were in like the high pants with the tall socks. It's like very, very pertinent. You know what I mean? So it just adds to the show. 
What? What characters are you thinking of? Well, like the ending sequence, like the second ending sequence. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, where they kind of like scroll up from the bottom of the of the shoes while they're where they're walking. I'm like, it's good luck. It's a good luck. Um, and both ending sequences are, are freaking incredible. They're both the first like action oriented, aren't they? They kind of are. Yeah, yeah. It's like very like current events, like cool, trendy. You know. Yeah, that's kind of what the show is, right? The show is just like this, like very cool, but like current, like. It's imagine if you brought the Naruto and Bleach from the big three, combined them and brought them to today. Like JJK is kind of what you'd expect, especially if you like kind of refine the formulas of both of them. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I w- would not say that JJK is the world's most original show in some no. way. You have this like, you know, almost piece for piece, you know, slight differences, but Team 7 uh, t- from Naruto. So yeah. that's referencing the main quadrant the trio of students and kakashi though you know we have a team seven from naruto the bleach the world is very much like bleach and the structure of the show is very much like bleach like if you tell me that like itadori and um ichigo from Mm -hmm. bleach are you know they're pretty similar characters like okay the bleach you know bleach is a little rougher around the edges and more aggressive and yuji's like you know everyone's best friend but right they're pretty similar yeah well i i actually think that I think the world of Bleach and JJK are similar, but I think the character structure is a lot more like Naruto, like we said. Yeah, exactly. Um, like, you know, Yuji is like our, he's our main character like Naruto. And like Naruto, he's like an over, overly optimistic orphan yeah. who happens to be kind of an idiot, yeah. um, who also was born with immense natural talent. Yep, so um, much. Yeah. And has <laughs> a literal demon god residing in his stomach. Exactly, exactly. So it's just like very similar structure character there. Fushiguro, like we said, Megumi, Fushiguro, Megumi is uh, basically like good Sasuke, like we said, Nobura is useful Sakura, Um, and Gojo is basically like Kakashi, but like power scaled up. Um, Somehow, because Kakashi was pretty strong. Right, yeah. But Kakashi was like mainly skilled. You know, he wasn't like the god of the of Nar- the Naruto verse. You know, whereas Gojo is like kind of the god of this verse. I know. At some point, we're gonna find out that Gojo got his eyes from his best friend when his best friend died. And that's why they're beautiful blue. And then I'm gonna have to, right. I'm gonna have to quit the show because it'll be it'll just be too overt. Well, I won't have to quit the show because you know, like we like you were kind of getting to. Um, it takes a lot of the elements from like a lot of the best shohen um, and like puts them all together. Um, and it's just like a very, very easy watch. Like we were talking about this concept on the Odd Taxi show a little bit where it's like, quote unquote, flawless. And I'm not necessarily going to call JJK flawless because I'm sure you could find some holes to poke in it. But it's just a very like pleasant watch. Like it's interesting. Yeah. It's entertaining. It's engaging. There's no like really annoying side plots or boring side plots or annoying characters that take me out of the show like some other shows like Luke characters. Podcast. Yeah, yeah right I'm with you right like me in the podcast or like Zenitsu and Demon right, Slayer you know <laughs> like JJK doesn't have something like that you know so I think for I think it's actually a great starter anime for that reason yeah. um especially because like for people who haven't watched say Naruto or Bleach it's going to seem original to them yeah. and those are both great shows you know so like uh I think it's a great great one to start with um and definitely one that I would recommend to both early and experienced anime watchers do you have anything to add to my rant (laughs) yeah so i think it's interesting right i think everything you said is right but it's very interesting because jjk is a sequel um right and so which is people probably a lot of people don't know is that jjk actually came after both not in the in the world but also in our world chronologically came after jjk zero which was a um 
so it's you know and we're going to start to get into the movie here a little mm-hmm. is that which i did not know by the way i did not know this before you told me yeah so jjk zero was originally called the tokyo metropolitan curse technical school very long name not nearly as catchy as jjk um, but it basically stars like trial and uh manga in a in a different non-shonen jump um magazine and that followed the main characters of jjk zero i won't spoil it too much um but it ran for about for a very short amount of time um and you know follows this character named yuta who we you hear about a lot in jjk not jjk mm-hmm. zero um who was a second year at by the time that uh ut itadori Yuji. itadori is um is getting yuta and, and ug confused now um is uh his story is being told and so jjk zero i think is also is if you haven't seen jjk and you want to um get a gauge of like whether you're gonna like it i think jjk zero is not a bad place to start like at first off it's like what it's gonna happen it's what happens first and the story was written in a way that would make sense but second like it's going to be sick like i don't know the story but like it's all of what makes JJK good, I assume, but that they spent all of the money in the world in that, right? So I'm very excited. And it was good enough to spin off a sequel. So I'm pretty optimistic for it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I will say that, you know, all these endorsements of JJK Zero do come with the caveat that yeah. we have not seen the movie yet because it isn't released in America yet. Um, but I think that... Elements of the movie, right? Because many of the characters that you'll see in JJK first originated and you uh in jjk zero and so there's going to be a lot of cross-pollination between the two as well for sure for sure and like you said it's still animated by mappa um and they had a movie budget for this so it's going to be incredible um so i think that you know with that said uh we can kind of jump into our jjk zero preview here um because we're going to go see it uh probably together oh Um, for sure yeah buy the tickets actually so uh yeah. Or they all sell out because you know this is the anime event of the, the week right well so how do you want to do this do you want to go through the major plot points from jjk season one to kind of give people uh the background of what is out in the anime community so far before they go into the movie or do you want to just go straight into like a jjk zero preview uh let's so let's stop here for a second we'll give the audience he'll speak slowly a chance to leave the podcast (laughs) if you don't want to be spoiled and now your time is over all right so let's quickly go through kind of the greatest hits of season one as we set up for jjk zero um so i spoiler alert of the first episode i'm so sorry i'm so sorry um but episode one starts show basically starts with yuji eating sakana's Sakuna's. Sakuna, you spelled that wrong in the outline. You, you, yeah. <laughs> you, you set me up for failure, Luke. You're off the pod. Um, <laughs> Sakuna's figure. Um, I don't need to excite you up for failure. You're gonna mispronounce all of the names anyway. Uh, it's Itadori Glass Houses. Those <laughs> Glass Houses, Luke. <laughs> all right, keep going, keep going. So Itadori eats Sakuna's f- finger. Yeah. Uh huh. And then. All of the upper, so I mean, we got through, we went through this, right? So um, all of the, you know, kind of the high-ranking elites of the um, JJK society want him dead as a result of him becoming the, as a result of him becoming kind of the vessel for this, like, you know, demon lord, basically. Right. Yeah, the Um, most powerful demon, you know, that's ever lived, right? 
or curse, I guess, in this case. Yeah. Um, but the reason he's not is because Gojo, the most powerful sorcerer in the world, uh, sees him as an opportunity, basically, is, and <laughs> also kind of wants to protect him in his, like, his youth. Um, and so the show basically is set up in a way where Yuji has to has to kind of help find the rest of the fingers and consume them because he's basically been able to show that he is able to consume these fingers and kind of handle it as opposed to lose himself or, you know, let the power of Sakuna escape him and become kind of too strong. So Gojo basically talks the elites into keeping him alive kind of as this finger retrieval mechanism, but also just kind of is morbidly interested in Yuji and kind of how he can grow and become stronger and wants to see how that what happens there. Yeah, so basically, you know, kind of to fill out the story that George uh, eloquently laid out. So, um, yeah, you did great. Um, but I'll fix it for you. Um, so, so these fingers, there's 20 of them, like we talked about earlier in the podcast. Beforehand. And yeah, beforehand, <laughs> good one. <laughs> uh, but anyway, he, they, they are like impossible to destroy. They're like some of the strongest cursed objects is what they call them in the world, basically. And these cursed objects will draw uh, other curses to them and basically wreak havoc. But the Jujutsu sorcerers have no way to destroy these fingers. The best that they can do is seal them. And then the seals become undone, and it's just very dangerous. Um, so Itadori, kind of like Luke's ego, if you think about it. They're <laughs> cursed. They're too powerful. They attract just a bunch of mess and negativity around them. It's you know, I, I, I can see the parallels from here. That's that's actually a pretty good one. I got to give you that. Um, <laughs> Much like my ego, um, they are impossible to destroy. Um, but Itadori is born as like a, a special human, as we kind of talked about. He has like supernatural physical prowess. Um, and he also happens to have the ability to not be overcome by uh, Sukuna. Uh, Sakuna? Sakuna? Dang it. Sakuna. Dang it. Well, 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 oh, well. Oh, God. Oh, no. Turns table turned. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, he can. He is, like, not overcome uh, by Sakuna when he eats these fingers. So when he eats them, and then if he were to die, the fingers would then go away with him. Yeah. So he represents a unique opportunity for the Jujutsu Sorcerer world to destroy these fingers, right? So if he theoretically can eat all 20 without being overcome and then dies, that would be the end of Sakuna. Yeah. Um, so that's like, like the opportunity. My, how my brother keeps describing, you know, cryptocurrency to me. It's just like a unique opportunity that will never come across ever again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's what Yuji is. He's basically Bitcoin. Um, so that's like his his background. Um, George, do you want to pick it up from there? Yeah. So basically, through so we start to not just meet kind of our main characters that we discussed before, but we start to kind of get introduced to the whole array of characters in this world. Uh, so, for instance, we'll take Sakuna, who for some reason just loves not Yuji, who he lives in, but he loves Megami. Uh, for like God knows what reason, he's like super infatuated with him and is very like. So he like ends up in an altercation with him through, you know, uh, random sort of events, um, and they're about to fight. And then he kind of is like, "Wow, this guy has something." Um, and then and then Yuji maintain is able to take control of his body. But you know, again, going into like there might be more to or like 
obviously something is going to percolate with Megami's story. Um, you know, this is one of the kind of foreshadowing moments that takes place in the show. Yeah, they allude to this several times through the show. So this this instance, like, actually, Sakuna had taken over Yuji's body because he needed to give up his body to basically defeat the special greed curse that they weren't able to take out. So Sakuna takes out this curse easily. And then Yuji isn't able to take over. So she's, he's like, I'm going to go have some fun. Yeah. Um, and he's fight, he's messing uh, Megumi up, basically. And after Megumi exhausts his like normal fighting skills, um, he's like, all right, it's go time. And whatever he does, that's a, like, it's go time. And they allude to it in the show that like, he has to, he has this trump card that he can give up his life to use. And it sounds like he's like super powerful when he does this. Yeah. Um, and that piques Sukuna's in Sakuna's interest. Yeah. Um, and that that's like brought up several times throughout the show. And then he also does this, you know, right before when he's fighting Toto, and then he does it again when he's fighting a special grade curse uh, near the end of the show. So they've alluded to this special power that Fushiguro uh, has, Fushiguro Megumi, sorry, they, you know, two names, um, and throughout the show, and we, we haven't gotten to like actually see it or have it explained to us yet. Um, so that's like another side plot that they have, um, as well as, you know, of course, the side plot of watching our first year sorcerers develop, um, and then the main kind of conflict in the show, which is um, those kind of sentient curses and then the curse users that they teamed up with versus the Jujutsu sorcerers. Exactly. And all that kind of takes place in what we get is like JJK's version of a tournament arc, um, mm -hmm. which is, and basically it's t the Tokyo school against the Kyoto school and they go head to head in a bunch of competitions. But this ends up being kind of one of the highlights of the show because we get introduced to the character of Toto, mm -hmm. who is just this like gigantic ripped, like beast of a man who is also just the weirdest dude you have ever met in like a <laughs> glorious, glorious way. And so he becomes infatuated with Yuji because his old mentor told him that you will meet some, like, you can tell some how interesting someone is by their taste in women. And so there's this ridiculous scene where they're like, Toto's trying to basically kill Yuji. And he's like, before I kill you, I must know, uh, like, what is your taste in women? And like, Yuji's like, what? And he's like, what's your taste in women? And he's, and so Yuji gives his response. And then there's this iconic scene of Toto. <laughs> he leans back, tears dripping from his eyes. Uh, and he's like, I found you, my besto friendo. <laughs> uh, and it goes from like the guy trying to kill Yuji to basically protecting him and like taking him under his wing and training him. And like Toto's like probably the strongest character in the show outside of Gojo right now. Um, and the, maybe like the some of the Kyoto higher ups are also strong, but um, he's just like this. He's a monster. Uh, and so like the part, a bunch of Yuji's character growth happens under Toto's wings. Yeah, totally. Well, in so this whole relationship is just hilarious throughout the show. Because so um, Toto asks like everybody he meets, like, what what is your type of women? Or what is your type of man? It doesn't matter as long as it's not boring. Yeah, yeah. And he's disappointed with everybody who answers him because they all give him like normal answers. Like, oh, I want somebody dependable or I want somebody who's kind. Yeah. And, he's just, and his answer is like, you know, something like, pretty like objectifying yeah, yeah. um like i like tall women with like blah 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 or whatever you know yeah. and then itadori gives him like the same answer that he gives to everybody else yeah. and he just like falls in love immediately and you get this hilarious 
like quote unquote flashback that happens in Toto's mind. (laughs) It's like, we are now best friends. And he creates the story in his mind of him and Itadori being like best friends forever and going through all these hardships and like, just like being like, you know, each other's person like throughout their entire lives that is just entirely made up. Yeah. Like none of it happened. But he but it, maintains for the rest of the show that it definitely happened. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, it's a great bit. Um, so, super big fan of that. Yeah, so I have a big prediction also that um, he's going to have a similar relationship with Yuda from JJK Zero. Because if you remember from JJK, he says like, uh, I'm bored now that you does not hear. Like this is much worse now that you does not hear. Because for some reason you does not in JJK's hero. He's like this kind of overhang. He's this force that kind of overhangs all of JJK. Um, but they don't really explain where he is or what happened to him. And so hopefully we get some of those answers in JJK Zero. But Toto is very interested in Yuda as well, and I'm very excited to see how that comes out in the movie. Mm-hmm. No, I am too. I am too. I think it's gonna be great. Um, and, you know, kind of to that that scene that you're talking about where they allude to Yuta, I think that JJK, because of how compressed it is, they do a pretty good job of foreshadowing with, like, very limited screen time. Um, like, they foreshadow Yuta as, like, one of the more powerful Jujutsu sorcerers in the world, as well as, like, the third years of the Jujutsu Tech uh, Tokyo campus yeah. um, that we have not met yet. Um, so I don't know if we'll get to meet them in this JJK Zero movie uh, or not, but either way, I'm psyched. Yeah, when, so were there any big plot points we missed outside of Yuda? We covered, you know, obviously fights between the curses and, and like some of the fights between the curses and the, the sorcerers are sick, but are we, am I missing any of the, oh, I mean, there's the whole, um, you know, the whole mid point where we meet the kind of stitched up curse and how he manipulates the he manipulates one of yuji's friends in a way that you know is very very interesting um is there anything that you kind of want to say about that whole plot point yeah yeah um so basically his power is that he's able to transfigure humans um into by like touching their souls what he says into curses so he like inserts his cursed energy into them and they stop becoming humans and become curses that like have some form of their former sentience um but mostly are just kind of um doing his bidding and attacking indiscriminately um but that's his his superpower is he's able to create these these curses out of people so he kills he kills a person and he creates like a minion for him at the same time um and all he has to do to turn even a jujutsu sorcerer into a curse is basically lay his palm on them. Um, so it's a pretty overpowered power, I would say, actually. Yeah. Um, maybe he's, he's maybe the most dangerous uh, foe that we have in uh, the Jujutsu Kaisen verse so far. Um, but Itadori happens to be like his foil because he like is already maintaining his shape all the time because he has Sakuna in him. Um, and uh sakuna won't let you know this human patchwork human curse uh touch his soul because he's like this like very um what's the word uh not self-absorbed but um, and and yeah arrogant and all these arrogant he's like a very arrogant uh curse um who sees himself on top of the food chain and you know to this point right rightfully so because um he's pretty much just 
murked everybody he's come in contact with except for gojo yep. when he was at 20, 120th it was you know at five percent of his power um so that was also like a pretty powerful story in the center there but you know we're doing a full full show podcast not an episode by episode podcast like we used to so we don't have as much time to dive into the weeds there i know the everyone is weeping profusely i'm sure i know all dozens of you thank you for listening no we went over this last time as well we're well above dozens we average we average over 36 listens now i don't think we should like be telling people this i feel like we should just act like it's like thousands over just like special grade it's (laughs) boundless yeah <laughs> well thank you for everyone who listens we really do appreciate it we'll get back on our on our grinds of promoting the podcast uh it's just been busy with work and stuff for both of us i think but thank you very much for listening so anyway i think we should dive into our final thoughts uh we'll hit these kind of quickly george uh number one how psyched are you for this movie 10 out of 10 psyched cannot absolutely next question. i agree i agree same here um why is gojo so sick and is he too sick? Um, yeah, so I'm con- I'm concerned that he's terminally ill. He's so sick. Um, <laughs> and I, there may not be a cure for it. Um, I think he's extra sick because you can't see his eyes, which are beautiful. And so because you want to see his beautiful, beautiful eyes, you, you think he's even that sicker. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also because he's really funny. And that kind of multiplies his sickness. Um, and, you know, again, I'm worried about it. Seems terminal. Seems really, and too bad it's not contagious because then we'd be sick too. But, um, well, I, one of us already is, but, yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you for, uh, <laughs> you do need to do that. But, um, you're welcome. No problem. Yeah. No problem. <laughs> um, so if you were to answer the question, though, why do you think Gojo is so sick? Um, well, I mean, obviously he's very overpowered. Um, and then, as you said, he is hilarious. He's like kind of a child stuck yeah. in this insanely strong man's body um and uh yeah beautiful beautiful blue eyes so blue eyes but i actually think he may be too sick because he just like has no like i'm never worried about gojo like if gojo is around everyone is good you know (laughs) like he's gonna take care of everything although he does let a lot of people escape he's not good at finishing the job that's true volcano guy escaped uh tree, tree lady escaped yeah but volcano guy was kind of yuji's fault and tree lady well, he brought yuji it's not like yuji happened to be there that's true that's true he just doesn't take anything seriously is the issue like he's so much stronger than everybody else that he's just like everything is like kind of chill like not a big deal to him you yeah, know like, you know it's like me when i host the podcast i'm just so so good at it that um Right. Yeah. So, so incredibly good at it that we always get off topic. <laughs> so anyway, back to our quick hitters. Um, can we give more money to MAPPA so that they can animate Jujutsu Kaisen season two sooner? Yeah. So listen, if people want MAPPA to have more money, we're happy to give it to them. Just like <laughs> give it to us first and we'll give them some portion of that money. Uh, you're welcome in advance. Grateful audience. Uh, but yeah, we would be happy to do that for you. Yep. Good point. Good point. Um, maybe the, you know, pass through money to them would be in the form of free advertising Ooh. by talking about the shows that they, that they make. Yeah, we'll stop talking we about Crunchyroll and we'll only talk about <laughs> Mappa even. So like they'll get basically 400 mentions a, an hour, but, um, yeah, yeah no, they, they should be paying us already. Them and Crunchyroll. They need to That's get true. Them. They need to get their marketing teams on this. Maybe That's we should stop advertising for them for free yeah i mean we uh, have an offer thank you thank you anchor for offering to sponsor our podcast so. 
<laughs> if you don't want to hear that, we may be setting up a... If you don't want to hear an ad, uh, we may set up a Patreon, but at some point, someone's going to give us money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're deep in the rad. Um, anyway, so... <laughs> uh, any final thoughts from you, George? Uh, yeah, so I just, like, I forgot how much I liked JJK as a show. It's just, like, it's a fun watch. It's an easy watch. Exciting. Nothing distracts from it. Um, it's constantly engaging. And even there's, like, one episode that maybe one could consider as filler um, with some, like, less important plot points. But overall, it's just a great show to watch. <laughs> That's <laughs> So now that you've read exactly what I wrote on the uh, outline there and a point that I already made during the show, um, <laughs> I will say uh, that point that, sh- that one episode that's maybe filler is actually hilarious and 1000% worth watching. You just have to pause it really quick whenever the like character introductions come up because they're hilarious. Yeah, so um, they do that like classic baseball broadcasting thing where they do like a i think they do this in the world little league world series most is like it has a fact about them but like in the little league world series like his favorite player is Derek jeter and then here it's like on mondays he refuses to eat lasagna and you're like okay okay, weird choice yeah (laughs) but it's like yeah it's very funny just give it a look um and all right with that i think uh george you can play us out that just that just kept going i kept on thinking you were gonna stop and you just didn't it's kind of like when you talk oh jeez. <laughs>